0: Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Tyler. The Tribe called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz. Seth Mike? Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi,
1: we're Haim. And you're listening to the Talk House Podcast.
0: Ow! Hello, and welcome to the Talk House Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we rounded up a pair of friends who deeply admire each other's playing and songwriting and who ultimately met because of a different episode of the Talkhouse podcast, Kurt Weil and Julia Shapiro. Kurt Weil first came into music fans' consciousness as part of the war on drugs, though it wasn't long before he decided to dedicate his time to his solo material. He's released a string of incredible albums since, including 2013's instant classic "Waken In on a Pretty Days and 2018's Bottle It In. As you'll hear in this conversation, he's been hard at work writing too many songs for a new album. In 2017, Vile collaborated with Australian singer Courtney Barnett on an album called Lotta Sea Lice. And it was Barnett who turned him on to Julia Shapiro and her band Chastity Belt. When Barnett and Shapiro chatted on this very podcast back in 2017, that sealed the deal for Vile, who became a huge Chastity Belt fan and eventual friend of Shapiro's. Now Chastity Belt, which started life about a decade ago in Washington State, has released four powerful albums over the years, most recently a self-titled set in 2019. But the occasion for this conversation is actually Shapiro's second album as a solo artist. It's called Zorked, a word that means kind of what you might think, extremely stoned or maybe just completely out of it. That's how Shapiro felt after moving to Los Angeles at the beginning of the pandemic, where her social circle was smaller and the world kind of closed in on her. The result is a weird, incredible set of songs Shapiro co-produced with her roommate Melina, a.k.a. J-Som. Check out a bit of the atmosphere she created on this song, Death 13. sound a little serious, but Julia and Kurt have a fun chat here talking about how they met, how Kurt mistook Chastity Belt for another band at first, how Julia once crowd surfed at one of Kurt's shows, and Julia's love of TikTok. She even tries to convince Kurt to sign up. Enjoy.
1: Are you just like in Philly now at your house?
2: Yeah, I've been recording with Rob Schneff, the last two weeks, like nonstop.
1: Love it. Mm. How's Rob?
2: Rob's great. <laughs> For people who don't know who Rob Schneff is, he's the Los Angeles. I guess you could say he's a producer.
1: Big time producer.
2: Yeah, he's having a great second wave of his career thanks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You know, he, he's done. He's always doing great stuff.
1: <gasps> uh, yeah, he did. Elliot Smith.
2: That's your boy. It's funny, I probably never would have, but once, the first time we jammed together, because we have a side band, let's say that, right?
1: Yeah, our side band, yeah.
2: Which is me and you and as many Chazzy members are around at the time. And you said you had a new song, and you're like, it's kind of a ripoff of Elliot Smith. Mm. I would have never known, but then I, now I hear Elliot Smith, and I know, I can tell you're influenced by him.
1: Yeah, a little bit of an influence. At times. At times,
2: not at times. I dabble,
1: yeah. How's recording going?
2: It's fine, it's, uh, I gotta fly back to Rob next, on Sunday, and then I'm there for another two weeks, and we're, like, gotta finish mixing.
1: Oh, you're already mixing.
2: Yeah, well, we've been recording more than enough songs, that's how I gotta do it, I record more than enough songs, but then, how many get finished? Who knows? You know, then it's like, it just goes on and on until the deadline.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: How many... It's hard to finish any of like none of them are finished. It feels like, but whatever.
1: Uh, I'm excited to hear them. I heard a couple.
2: I'm excited to show you. Yeah. I would say that Chastity Belt is probably my favorite modern band. It's weird, <laughs> but it's true. I like. That's so nice. <laughs> I listen to your solo music, and I love it too. I I mean, and I I want to know more of the other members' uh, solo projects. But let's just say you're. I mean, you connect because you seem like you're the boss in a way and i'm the bo- and i'm the boss there's no yeah. question i'm the boss
1: we're both like boss bitches
2: yeah yeah so i listen to all all your albums but maybe it's because it's the one that that courtney turned me on to i used to spend so much time alone i go to that record all the time and the lyrics are so funny but deep like uh the music is so good the music is just like deeper than um you realize it first, and then it. Then I think it's just deeper to me. It connects to me. It's weird.
1: I'm glad you like that one. I know, like you've like sung. What are some of the faves like? Different now for sure. And well, then... the first
2: three are the just the first three in the albums, and I think they're all almost equal. Like, but the first three, it's hard. You know, like usually people will have like one. The first song, it's hard to get past until, and then you get mm-hmm. to know the album. But you have like three in a row. And they're all just
1: bangers. Yeah. I honestly haven't revisited that album in a while. Maybe it's time. I
2: think you'll realize it's a masterpiece.
1: <laughs> do you ever listen to your old albums?
2: Yeah, actually, I do. I do listen to my album. I, at the start of this pandemic, I was going back to certain albums. I'm still proud, really proud of my last one, actually.
1: Oh, that song Mutinies. It's a great one. Crazy time signature. But yeah, this time of night, That if I had to pick a favorite, that's my favorite. Yeah. We know you love that song, so we played it when we were in Philly last time
2: fuck i was pretty st- i was stoned on uh edibles <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a new thing for me i i quit drinking before i knew like when the last record that we're talking about would bottle it in when that came out i was like i gotta quit drinking before this or i'm or i'm dead you gotta bottle not, it I, in yeah not exactly i don't mean physically dead but it would have oh my god it was getting anyway yeah so i picked up weed ish again but I'm still such a lightweight but I remember at that show
1: (laughs) yeah you were like floating
2: it had been a while since I was at a DIY crowd and let alone my hometown you were like thanks for coming out and something and then I heard like in stereo all these like sort of indie and they're like oh thank you for coming and it was all of it was making me laugh the crowd (laughs) the first Unitarian Church it was just it was a long time since I was
1: there yeah that was the only time we've played there I f- Philly's kind of weird for venues like I feel like we always play DIY spots when we go there
2: the last time I played there we played they just opened an opera house and it was pretty big we played around the holidays of whatever that was that it came out 2018 December 2018 that was a big venue it holds 3,000
1: we played like a bigger place with when we played with Courtney there, but I can't remember the name of it.
2: Oh, you played with Courtney? That's awesome. I mean, it makes sense. Of course you did. That's <laughs> yeah. how I know you. I got turned on to you first through this exact pop. Right. Courtney interviewed you, and that was yeah, cool. And then I I was in Portland at the time. I was like uh, on that. I convinced Fred Armisen to let me be on Portlandia, so I was like in the hotel <laughs> and stuff like in Portland. And uh, at first I misheard. I was kind of drunk, and I thought it was... Actually, other people mix this name up too because it's like a, it starts with a ch and it ends with a t, and I I miss oh. I got mixed up and I turned on chairlift, you know chairlift,
1: <laughs> yeah, and that band, I know like that one song, and, yeah, them. the one song is what I heard. Yeah. I was like, oh. it's like
2: I got some frozen, I got some frozen strawberries, or whatever the hell it is for yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I listened to it over and over for a little bit. I was like, oh, this is popular than I would have thought, but it's cool. And then I texted Courtney. I was like, oh, I was listening to your friend chairlift, that music. I do love that song. And she was like she wrote back, she was like, Chastity Bell. She was like, You
1: idiot. She's like,
2: Chast-. I was yeah. like, and then it was, and then it was like the next night in the hotel and it was all started all over. I was again in the hotel and I I was playing that. And you know, that was way more rewarding because the whole record
1: Right, there wasn't just the one song Okay, like
2: even towards the end, like your song uh, If I look at my phone again I'll just <laughs> wanna die <laughs> Aside from that, I feel alright
1: <laughs> Oh, you like that one I wrote that song in bed That's the only song I've written Like, I just was like lying in bed And it came out like one morning
2: uh, I could feel it. and the the chords are so good And it just like fades in i was on my last trip to la when i was recording and i was driving to visit friends down by the beach on the weekend and yeah that song like came on i don't know like i'll like go to once i turn that album on it just doesn't come off and then Uh, it's just a spirit record for me it really is that's really sweet but i love all i love your new record too i love all your music and i love your solo record i love i love it all
1: well, as you know I'm a huge fan, so
2: No, I actually didn't know.
1: <laughs> I know I know you're
2: No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I know you're a fan to a degree.
1: I like to play it cool. I'm trying to play it cool, but like Nice. Yeah, huge fan over here. <laughs> <laughs> they say don't meet your idols, but guess what? Dude, I met I mine. Think, I think I met my idol first. I met you. Yeah, we first met I think when you were doing that tour with Courtney, right? Yep. And, and then yeah. Seattle.
2: I, I came and played Portland and we jammed in your practice space. We recorded that and we jammed in Seattle again at, at your house once. We had like
1: Yeah, we had a little acoustic jam.
2: Yeah, and I I literally you'd be like, "Kurt, you it's your turn." And I you guys would all play and I'd just and then it was my <laughs> turn to play and I just would get so nervous. I <laughs> yeah. want to play any of my so- like new songs. It's <gasps> it's so funny.
1: Uh, I love that yeah you you got all nervous in front of us
2: yeah it's weird (laughs) so wait is your album out yeah the new
1: one I think when this interview comes out it'll be out October 15th
2: yeah I was scheduled to have a record release slash tour in the fall you know around September but months ago we were like screw that
1: was your record supposed to come out
2: it what but then I, I pushed it back anyway because I didn't even want to be like in the studio wearing masks all the time. Like, all that's just doesn't, it's like the opposite of the way I like to make records.
1: Really stifles the creativity there.
2: So, in fact, when I saw you, you were in LA. That was the first time I got back in the studio with Rob Schnaff. And it was crazy, but it was, you know, with the vaccine, et cetera. Uh, you know, I, I mean, even now that, you know, people are getting it, COVID with vaccines and stuff but still it, you're still like it's still some yeah, protection still, still a
1: layer of protection yeah i definitely feel a little safer with the vaccine
2: yeah so boring to talk about even right i know
1: it's like let's stop talking about covid i hate it
2: well now you're not on sub pop now but it's do yeah. you want suicide oh
1: wait yeah the my well my soul album's coming out on suicide squeeze and chassis belts kind of like label list right now
2: Well, that's, man, that's, I'm going to sign you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Didn't you, you're going to start your own label, right?
2: Well, I have, there was talk of that because I I signed a Verve record and they said I could have a side label and it's, I will do it one day. I am going to put things out on the side, but these days are insane for like, you just got to think so far ahead and I'm always just so deep in my one project that. Uh, right. But that that said, once I get this this opus out, whatever it is, there's gonna be more this than opus. enough. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes. I mean, only because it's like <laughs> more than enough. So. I've been working on. It's been like three years, you know. It's gonna be like a quadruple album or something.
2: they have been double albums for a long time, so it's like no question. It's gonna be a double album. But I, and I know I can't make it. It'd be dumb to make it three albums. But so I won't.
1: But definitely a double album at the very least.
2: Anything's a double album at this point. I I (laughs) admire people who can put out a single album. Like my songs actually end up getting kind of long. I try to cut them down. I'm trying, but like they're they're usually like a little slow and they tend to be long. I try to cut them down, but
1: you have the long jammers, and that's what I like about your music. It's just like every song you like want it to go for ten minutes, you know.
2: We're trying to get it all to fit on two records. Sometimes it's tricky.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why not do three?
2: But there's a whole, like, they say there's a shortage of vinyl. Everything's been doomsday for a year. Every Everything's like, oh, nowadays with this and that. Like, ever since, like, <laughs> Trump Trump happened, like, ever he just changed the game. So everything's, like, turned on its side. Everybody's like, yeah, well, now with today with this and that. Everything's just, yeah. like a, everything's a downer. It's like
1: everything you want to do. There's like some kind of downside to it or like some reason why you shouldn't.
2: But you know what it is? it's fucking internet and the phones and everybody. Every opinion is on your p- periphery times a million every second. But that, even what I just said, is more of the same exact talk we're talking about. It's just the phones. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs>
1: Technology these days. But
2: I there's an awesome quote from you. Talking about TikTok though, <laughs> remember <We're> hanging <laughs> out at that party? You're like, but there's so much great, so really good stuff on it.
1: Oh yeah, I think I was going through a TikTok phase when I, when I was hanging out with you last. I lose my mind on TikTok. Like, I get a little high, and then I you can't stop me. Like, I'm I'm in it, in the zone for like ten hours. Just I have to be careful when I open TikTok because you don't know if you'll ever come back to reality
2: yeah you i would say you and courtney are like you're like both like 10 years younger than me and so you're my new friends that kind of grew up with devices you know your whole life but i like with you it's natural but with me with me it's more it gets it gets more dark into my periphery
1: no i mean it's dark for me too still still love tiktok and i think you would too if you got on there I better not, you know? There's some good stuff on there. There's, like, a monkey that opens packages. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't that sound enticing? A
2: story that sort of reminds me of that is, like, did you happen to see, and I hate TV like this, but somebody convinced me to watch it because, like, you know, speaking of modern times and uh, modern figures, like, we few could argue that Miley Cyrus is, like, at the top, you know what I mean, of, like... Of that world or something, but mm-hmm. I love, I, I do love her. I love uh, certain songs, especially, and she's got crazy star power. But then I had just met her sort of at a primavera. I wanted to meet her and me and Liz Fair were in line to meet Miley Cyrus, like two equal fangirls, like trying to <laughs> both trying to meet Miley. And we met her and then anyway, <gasps> she was nice. I got to tell her this funny story about how I met her dad. But aside from that, a few days later, I my friend Shira who, from my label. She said, "Oh, you got to see the Black Mirror with Miley Cyrus. Did you see that?" Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I tra- I was delirious on tour in in Europe, listening to lots of Chris Cohen, who you turned me on to. He's great. Like, I kept feeling like I was couldn't breathe on that tour. All these things, you know. Like, I guess they probably panic attacks. Whatever. Yeah. But then I was convinced to watch. Her episode it came out just right after I I met her, so but then I, I was exhausted and I smoked some really strong weed on a day off in like uh, Sweden or something, and then like sure enough once that robot started talking it just like went straight to my heart and I was like oh. it would like it seemed so bigger and scarier than it was and then. Sure enough, I like had. The, I went to the hospital. <laughs> I thought I was having a heart attack and a nervous breakdown. You
1: overdosed on weed, yeah.
2: Well, and 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 Miley Cyrus and Black Mirror.
1: I love. You're like, oh, it's my day off. I'm gonna get high, watch Black Mirror. <laughs> Did not yeah. end well. I,
2: I can't watch that kind of stuff. And and it, that one's so campy too.
1: If you saw it, just like maybe like not high, I think that you would have probably had a little giggle, you know would have been a very different experience at first i
2: was so i thought it was awesome and i that song she played at the piano i thought it was awesome but yeah that Mm. once that robot started talking it just triggered too many real things (laughs) i don't know or or you know (laughs) things you don't know if are real but like paranoia paranoia runs runs strong in my family actually
1: i go through little like bouts of like crazy anxiety like that and so it's hard to like kick something like that when you're on tour. You know, you're just like stuck in a weird headspace usually.
2: You had to cancel the tour, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want to bring up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, you, I've been there. I've had like, it was just, I guess, one tour that we had to cancel because I was just like not in a good headspace at the time. Oh shit!
2: You seem great now, though.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, I'm flourishing now. <laughs> but I also haven't been on tour in a while. No, I'm doing great actually. Yeah, I'm spending the summer in Seattle and living with my friends in this punk house, and it's just been really fun.
2: Yeah, you told me you're having a, a, a renaissance. Your renaissance again in Seattle.
1: Yeah, totally. My Seattle renaissance feels good to be be back. Uh, you know, L.A. The weather's nice and all, but I think I'm underappreciated there.
2: Yeah, that's crazy to me because I when I went there, you're the first person I call. <laughs>
1: That's sweet. That's an, a nice thing about LA is more people come through there and visit. I don't get as many people visiting Seattle.
2: You played one show with us in Australia and you crowd surfed. Yeah, remember that? Oh. During <laughs> yeah. pretty pimpin'. Yeah, and I like, I like, was singing. I'd like stopped. I like you was had like, to like stop like, singing. I, during pretty pimpin'. I was like, we're in the mood. <laughs> When I saw what was happening, because it was, like, a small crowd. And then I was like, wow, somebody's <laughs> crowdsurfing!" And it was you.
1: It was, like, a really inappropriate time to crowd surf, but I just wow. thought it would be funny, you know? It was funny. And then you were saying you, like, saw someone crowd surfing. You were like, what the hell? And then you noticed it was me, and that's when you, like, lost it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be, like, the last time I've crowd surfed. I should pick it back up. Maybe next time... You see,
2: well, you know, I play. <laughs>
1: yeah, next group Bile show, I'll crowd surf again.
0: Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the Talk House podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. Distro Lock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's Teen Dance Ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. Hey, TalkHouse listeners, it's Josh Modell. Instead of encouraging you to listen to podcasts today, I'm here to encourage you to read something great. The particular something I have in mind is the second issue of The TalkHouse Reader, the print zine spearheaded by our fantastic music editor, Annie Fell. This issue is focused on the intersection of food and music, and it features contributions from Maddie Matheson, Coleman Domingo, Squirrel Flower, Sam Evian, The Blessed Madonna, and more. There are pieces about eating while on tour, the gentrification of food, cooking as a creative catalyst, and much, much more. You can order a copy today, along with the first issue, at store.talkhouse.com. Please do check it out.
2: How are the girls? They're good. Everything's, for me, being a dad who was always on the go, which was necessary, you know, for music mm-hmm. in my career. It was. I was dreaming of some kind of year off anyway or something, it, and then which everything calmed down yeah if i feel like a normal dad it's it's pretty,
1: That's so nice you've had time to actually be normal just be normal and spend time with your daughters that's sweet mm. you guys went camping did you say that make we're
2: that going this in a couple days they're going tomorrow actually i'm going to meet them there the next day just cuz
1: oh nice
2: things are a little i'm still with my album shit.
1: Mm. Where are you going?
2: We always go to this place called Ricketts Glen in this, this one campsite that's like the perfect site uh, along the water. My wife Suzanne's the one who found it. But we've gone since we were young, on and off. But they've, they've been going to the spot for a while because Suzanne's dad goes too and he gets into the site next door.
1: Um, nice. Do you do any fishing, any camping <laughs> activities?
2: <laughs> we used to camp a lot, and it had been so long. I finally, I went to this exact place last September, and it was nice, but I, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't leave the site because it was so, just, the, where these sites are in particular, the woods, is just everywhere. You're kind of just in the middle of it, so there's, and you're by the water, so there's no real reason to leave. I prefer to just sit around and read the book or something. I
1: haven't been camping in a while. I... I meant to go like in Seattle or outside of Seattle, but I just haven't. It's been hectic. It's been a hectic summer.
2: At least on the Instagram, you seem to be doing things similar to camping relatively often.
1: I've definitely been like out and about in nature. Did you see all the run content that I posted? Have you been watching my stories, Kurt? Have you been keeping keeping up? <laughs> you know we
2: we both watch each other's stories. So.
1: <laughs> do you not
2: look at who's watching your stories?
1: No, I do. I mean, not every time. I'm not like psychotic. No, I didn't about say it, every but. time. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you and I'll see you creeping in there sometimes.
2: When I go through phases of not seeing anybody or or not good at keeping in touch, you'll think you'll wonder if somebody is mad at you or doesn't like you and then then they all they have to do is watch your story once or or like a photo and you're like oh, actually maybe they don't hate me
1: yeah totally. which is total I, I get like that too yeah it's nice to have that like affirmation from instagram i guess there's a, there's is, a positive this is uh
2: sponsored by instagram
1: <laughs> instagram my favorite app yeah after tiktok yeah. Yeah, we gotta get you on TikTok or you're gonna really enjoy yourself on there.
2: I better not, but I do know <laughs> but I do for instance Pavement, you know. Yeah. The band. Recently something went viral on TikTok and I don't know the song, but this went viral on TikTok and then it like
1: Just like a boosted
2: song? their streams more than any mm. song yeah. in their history. So I know that I have to get connected into hip hop hip hop mm-hmm. TikTok. <laughs> tiktok can really like blow you up uh, somebody else should run it
1: yeah okay you need an intern a tiktok intern and if they could just like get a trend with one of your songs i don't i actually don't know what i'm talking about but it's no. but like it. but you, you at you the same idea. time
2: you do <laughs> it's a, it is real
1: yeah but i'm not a zoomer like you should get an, a zoomer to run your tiktok they what's really a zoomer up. you know gen z
2: what's that What's Gen Z? Oh, Generation Z. Z.
1: Generation, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I get it now. That's
1: what a Zoomer is? (laughs) Now you know. But anyways, you need to get, like, a dance going with one of your songs that everyone does. And then people... It becomes a trend on TikTok and it'll blow up. I could see you going viral on TikTok. How about
2: your latest video is, like, very AI-looking crazy.
1: Yeah, I found that animator on fiverr.com which is just like a site where you can find people to do anything like people around the world i'd been looking for animators for a while just like through friends but everyone was so busy and animating takes a really long time so i went on fiverr and i was kind of like scrolling through trying to find someone whose art kind of matched the song or like felt right and i found this guy, he just had like a very spooky kind of style of animation. And I was like, oh, that'd be perfect for this kind of evil sounding song. And then he, I guess, was a belt fan. He was like, oh, wow. I know I know your music, which is so cool. Based in Turkey. And he did a great job. It's It's a pretty tight music video. The examples I gave him were like pretty shitty 3D animation because I kind of like that style. And he was like... These are cool, but, like, I could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: wanted to talk to you about that. The style of your new carrot music is definitely doomier and darker. Yeah. What? This, <laughs> what? Did you? Was that, like, a conscious decision or, is that like, stuff you've been listening to or
1: above? Nothing I do is ever, like, super conscious with music. But, yeah, it just kind of happened. I think I was listening to a lot of, like, heavier, like, doomier stuff. Like what? Like, this... Guy Jace Jesu, J-E-S-U. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it, but I really like his stuff. It's just like slow and heavy. And then I got really into the um, last Dive record. Do you know that band Dive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked their last record and that's all pretty like heavy and slow. And that's just kind of the mood I was in like mid pandemic. I was just listening to a bunch of that stuff. So I think it kind of came out. I mean, not all the songs are, are like, as dark as the one that I just released, but...
2: I like that, no, you do have, like, also a really pretty finger picker, acoustic finger picker one. I like that one a lot.
1: My folk song. I think I sent you some examples of my, um, I can sing, like, in a kind of, like, old woman voice. That was, like, originally, like, kind of my, like, jokey folk thing that I do where I sing, like, in an old woman's voice.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that.
1: It started as one of those songs, and then I was like, you know what? This is like actually a good song. I have a couple like legit recordings of like my old woman project that I think are good songs, and I'm not sure what to do with them. I wanted to like put out a whole record and, but like only have a few copies with like kind of tattered sleeves, just to make it look like it's like old timey and like I want it to be like mysterious, like no one knows that it's me.
2: I think that's why I connect with you. And and chastity belt Lambeau. like uh, it was funny because Cor- Courtney turned me on to you and there was like a minute where like I wanted to play with Courtney because for like maybe a couple of years not forever I wasn't paying attention to any modern music and then Courtney's song "The Preston" really hit me you know it's just like a mm, classic and it's a great one and then she turned me on to you your stuff and it was like yeah but, but we're also American yeah it's like this other I don't know we have like the fact that we're both american and you're like you have this weird sense of humor that i i I can relate to there's other reasons too you know
1: (laughs) just having a sense of humor can go a long way i i find that like a lot of americans are more earnest than maybe like an australian person or a british person i just feel like uh, the interactions i have like day to day in england are like more like banter and like everything's a joke whereas really in, in the states i'm like getting a little less like People take things more seriously,
2: my bandmate Rob had to tell me that because I'll t- say things deadpan, and people just don't even they don't know get it. yeah that I'm joking, they just think I'm d- being a dick, you know, <laughs> right, but I'm like, maybe I am, but I'm also being funny
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, I feel like people in England would understand that like because their first instinct maybe is like, oh, everything's a joke, but have you heard that chastity belt song joke? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Joe!
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's early. That's, that's raw. That's raw. How long
1: has Chastity Belt been a band? It's like 10 years or something. Yeah. And you met in college? We met in college. We didn't start like seriously playing shows until after college, but we played college shows, and we came out to Seattle a couple times for our, our like big Seattle debut Playing some real shows in the big city. But yeah, we played at like frats and house parties in college, which was like a nice intro into playing shows. I don't know if you've heard it, but like our first EP, which I think is on Bandcamp. Still, okay. Called Fuck Chastity Belt. Okay. We recorded that our senior year of college with our friends um, in the band Dude York. And they were like, we'd love to record you, like, come out to Seattle. They'd already graduated from Whitman a couple of years earlier, and they were just, like, early fans of Chastity Belt, really, like, hyped us up. But, yeah, so we have, like, four... We recorded four songs, and then No Regrets, I think we recorded our first year living in Seattle.
2: That's the thing, like, that also me, intrigues me me about you guys is that, like, you... I, in my world, I feel like bands... I don't even know how, how they last, first of all. You guys you you're all old friends and
1: i don't yeah, know i don't know it's like how... a marriage
2: do you get along yeah. usually
1: <laughs> we do yeah but it is hard work especially when you're just in like close quarters all the time touring and then there's you know like creativity and like egos and stuff involved it's like yeah. delicate stuff um but <laughs> I feel like we're all sensitive people and we're able to like navigate it maybe better than some bands that would just like blow up at each other
2: like everybody sort of plays a cyclical you know like it's like got the hypnotic
1: right. hypnotic like <laughs> hypnotic there's that f- Philly
2: accent no the Del- Delaware <laughs> county accent is brutal
1: <laughs> I love it. (sighs) Yeah, no, I feel like I feel it when when the four of us are in a room together, like, and we start jamming. Sometimes it just locks in in this way. And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. But it feels very natural. I think just because we all kind of like, this is everyone's first band. So um, it's almost like we learned how to play music with other people, like with each other. So we're just like, I can kind of like guess what Gretchen's going to do. We have this kind of unspoken communication when we're jamming
2: i see that i hear it i feel it in a yeah like and you said too gretchen's got another role which is a comedian right <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah she's a uh, charlie like, chaplin if you go through like all of our music videos i think she's just like the one doing like physical humor in every single one and, yeah. and a lot of them she falls on her face
2: she's sort of like your your. Your personal clown in particular.
1: She's my jester, my muse. Yeah, she'll because she'll do anything that I ask her to. Like, I'll be like, Gretchen, go do this thing so I can laugh at you. <laughs> like, she'll just do it. I made this whole video. We went out on, like, this rowboat. Uh, Lydia's parents uh, have this like cabin on the water, and there's like this beautiful view of Mount Rainier. And I was like, I have this great idea for uh for you rowing a boat, and like every time you row, you fart, like a fart comes out. And so I just like told her to like act like she was farting each time she rowed, and then I edited it together. Have you seen this video? Yeah, it's you like, send um, it to it's me. Like,
2: it's your, it's like my your masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, it's your
1: masterpiece. It's, it, it really is. Um, it's my <laughs> greatest achievement. It is. What can I say? Yeah, hire me on to edit your TikTok videos.
2: But yeah, then I was going to say, and Lydia sort of has, well, you both can tap into this, but Lydia does a lot of the cyclical guitar riffs, right? I mean, you both do, but she's got this, if you were supposed to say someone did it, the cyclical (laughs) thing, it's her. And it's very important. And you guys play off each other in that way. Um, Because when we've jammed, I've seen you both sort of do that. And then what I was going to say about Annie is that she, like, when I first, I just knew I loved your music. I couldn't hear all the parts, but I would see Annie, like, she doesn't sing in the band, right? Not really.
1: Not really. She'll do, like, backup vocals and stuff right.
2: sometimes. She'll do sort of that, da- but she was, like, sort of does this dance, like...
1: Yeah. In, I don't know in, how she does it. that.
2: And I couldn't necessarily hear the bass, but then, like, I, these days, I, I listen to the bass a lot, and it's... It's just like a. Everybody has an equal role, but let me just say that's like a huge part of the music, the bass. She's grooving, and she's like a. I didn't, you know, she plays violin, which I didn't know, and then I heard her sing on something recently, you know, and we heard and we're like, wow, she's got perfect pitch.
1: Yeah, she's like, she's a great singer,
2: crazy good (gasps) musician.
1: Like more than any of us, because she grew up learning violin and like is really good at that, and then it kind of transferred over to bass
2: really works that's all that's oh, all i'm saying
1: <laughs> As- yeah we started kind of doing that more on the last couple albums where like lydia and gretchen would bring songs to the band and gretchen and i would like switch around playing drums and it's fun doing it that way because it still sounds like chastity about but it's a little different you know
2: okay so i didn't even realize that so in all, in the early ones, it's all you. In the early chassis Belts, it's all you. singing.
1: On the first album, I think it's all me. And then the second album, Lydia, has the song Lydia. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the third album, I think we've got, like, some Gretchen and Lydia songs, too. Fourth album, Gretchen and Lydia.
2: Well, I'm going to ask you one more question about your, your music. When you write lyrics, which I connect to a lot, are they usually about specific things that happen to you and about specific people are you singing directly at because i i feel like they seem like you are let's put it that way
1: (laughs) yeah i would say like it's not always like like sometimes it can be like a little more vague than that it might be about like um a couple different people you know Mm -hmm. a couple different things that happen but yeah and it's also kind of like it can be more of like stream of consciousness like one line is about like one person one thing the next line is like leading you know leading mm-hmm. to a different thought but but yeah i i definitely like have trouble writing songs that are anywhere like outside of my own experience everything's pretty much based from like my own thoughts and neuroses
2: i love it i can relate
1: yeah. I mean, I love your lyrics so much too. I feel like you're a you're a natural poet, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're just like so vibey and it's cool to like have lyrics that like are deep in a way but also come across so like casually, you know.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah. That means a lot coming from you. I also feel like before this like uh, this this pause in norm, you know, normal life I do feel like, I was feeling it coming on, like I was feeling, I was like, man, people are just kind of spoiled and like, or even things I would sing about. I stand by everything I sung
1: about, but it was like getting like, what do you
2: even sing about anymore? To have a time to reflect.
1: It's hard to, I find it hard to like, not just keep singing about the same stuff. It's hard to come up with new material.
2: And um, this time of night, do you say caught blind this time of night? Or do you, what's the first word?
1: Um, call caught, blind, call
2: this time. Yeah. I, I catch most of the lyrics, but then after a certain moment, I was like, what is she saying? And I used to just like rhyme. You know, when you sing lyrics and you like don't think logically, and you're like, and then you step back and you're like, well, I can't really be that. But I was like, ca- <laughs> kind, blind this kind time. Kind, blind. Like, uh, yeah. it didn't make sense, but there's a caught. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was another lyric that I feel like you were like, oh, that's what you're saying? When we were, I think we all played it together one time. Yeah. Pull the sheets over over my eyes. I yeah. think you were like, yeah. oh, I thought Pull you said that. Pull the sheet over my head again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that is that song about a specific time?
1: And were the sheets over your head? <laughs> Again, yeah. I wrote that song so long ago, but like, I feel like I was like working on that song at like four in the morning. I was like going through something. Uh, (laughs)
2: Yeah, that song literally makes me want to cry, but like in the best way. Oh,
1: that's sweet. Yeah, I love songs that make me sad. You know, I'm I'm always like searching for a song that can make me feel something.
2: Yeah, like that John Prine kind of thing, or
1: that song that you did with John Prine. It's so good. Oh, How Lucky. Yeah, Yeah, it's so sweet. I was just listening to that the other day.
2: I knew I was going to have the producer Ferg ask him to come in because I had been making that record in Nashville leisurely. It's only five songs, but I was making it leisurely over like five years. But the last, I knew I was going to see John at his New Year's show at the Opry and I knew that I was going to sing with him and I asked to do How Lucky and he agreed. So then I was like, well... While we're mixing these four songs, maybe we could get him in here to to teach it to me. And we'll just record it real quick. And he showed up. And I've i i saw. played a couple shows with him. And, but he's, always, he's nice, but he's just like a gentleman. And when I finally saw him, he's like, hey, Kurt. I was like, man, thanks for coming. He's like, you know I love to sing with you, Kurt. Which was like <laughs> total. So it, it wasn't bullshit. Country
1: uh, gentleman. He seemed like just like the sweetest guy i only was. i saw him like once in concert and he was just like the stories he told in between the songs i was like ah what a man
2: yeah i think he's like was he's like the last genuinely uh old-fashioned like sweet sweet man just like pure, songwriter. Pure, yeah he talked to my dad backstage and he's like oh oh charlie Viles, salt of the earth he, he like worked on the uh, oh, you work on the rail. My dad on said I work. The on my- it's like I work on the railroad. My dad drove trains. He's retired now, but then he's just talking to him about it forever. He's- my dad's like, "Oh, your song Muhlenberg County, uh, you know that really touched me." And he's like, uh, "My my dad was, you know, because that song's about John Prine's, you know, dad's childhood
1: home or whatever." I'm glad you guys uh, got to record that song together.
2: What other songwriters make you want to fucking cry?
1: A good one is uh, Grouper. You ever fuck with a Grouper?
2: I do. Yeah. I love her. I love her a lot.
1: That's like, yeah. If I'm really feeling emotional,
2: do you know her? She's not far from you. Do you know Liz?
1: I don't know. I've never, I've never met her. I also have never seen her live. I'd love to see like what her set is like.
2: She doesn't agree to many shows and stuff. The legend has it she's always like hiking in like South America or something.
1: Yeah, I think she maybe only played in Seattle once. While I've since i've lived here and i was like on tour at the time and i was really bummed but hopefully i'll get to see her live
2: sometime she was on the cover of that snotty magazine wire Mm. recently i'm just kidding i don't i'm just saying it's snotty it's not (laughs) really magazine i just i just know that (laughs) They probably make fun of me in that
1: magazine. <laughs>
2: it's like too cool, you know?
1: <laughs> really? I feel like you're too cool. What could anyone say to make fun of you? <sighs>
2: to do it all the time.
1: You're like up here with like coolness, you know? <laughs>
2: ah, thanks.
1: <laughs> I think,
2: well, I don't know.
1: <gasps> the epitome of cool.
2: Right. Well, I think you're right, but sometimes <laughs> people don't know. <laughs> I don't feel so cool. But now I do. I feel (laughs) cool again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're building your ego back up. Sometimes you got to be like brought down by something and then you slowly rebuild. You know, it happens to me all the time.
2: That's what I've been doing with this album. They have like way too many songs, but none of them are done. So only the best will survive.
1: Uh, I can't wait to hear it. I'll be back in L.A. in October, but by then you'll probably be done, right?
2: I'll be mastering and stuff, but I'll come back to L.A. after for for showbiz-related things, and we'll, we'll hang.
1: Great. I'll be there. We'll hang.
0: Thanks for listening to the TalkHouse podcast, and thanks to Kurt Vile and Julia Shapiro for chatting. If you liked what you heard, please follow TalkHouse on your favorite podcast and social media outlets. This episode was produced by Melissa Kaplan, and the TalkHouse theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.